Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Sarah Griffin. And this is Jude and India, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is comedian Ali Ryan. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. It's so exciting. You've picked uh, an unusual one. Yeah. People, uh, definitely people we mentioned who were surprised we're doing this. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, I haven't seen it before. This is my first time seeing it. Sarah, your first time seeing it. It's not something that has a huge impact like a huge, like <laughs> Dare Im- you. a huge, a huge imprint, I guess. Like a, oh yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But it's from a studio that have a huge imprint. Exactly. I think. Yeah, yeah. So tell us all about it. Uh, tell us what it is, and then we'll get into it. So Chicken Run is the great escape with chickens. Mm-hmm. Stop motion animation, communist prep- propaganda, feminist masterpiece. <laughs> it's about um, it's about a group of like battery chickens who are on this farm and they have to lay eggs and they're trying to escape constantly ginger the main girl the main hen um she's always coming up with ways to get out of this um this concentration camp that's exactly Mm -hmm. what the first thing that came to mind was concentration camp it is very the, the imagery is extremely bleak it is not a romp from the offset oh no no, no. There's, a, there's a watchtower in a chicken coop like yeah. why yeah. it's it's no they want you to draw the parallel pretty much immediately it's like oh, the yeah. first shot is defense defense yeah it's yeah. defense yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and it's just it goes from there and it goes into like it's such like there's such deep themes like the yeah. industrialization and you know you know the this whole like communist thing of like seizing the means of production they are the means of production Mm. their bodies are literally being used so sorry the farmer's wife mrs creedy she wants to revolution she is so scary i i hate her and love her in equal measure and she's uh she wants to get rid of the fact that they use eggs she wants to now make chicken pies and so she wants to bring in industrialization and have this massive chicken pie machine and essentially it's certain death for all these chickens on this farm and then they have to escape and it's it's such a joy to to watch it's you really are rooting from them for minute one for minute one like i don't know what i thought what i was expecting because it's iron man animations loads of us i guess there's a general sort of millennial vein who were reared on christmas the christmas occurrence of wallace and gromit on mm-hmm. the television mm-hmm. the wrong trousers like they that is what immediately sprung up for me i had never i didn't watch i hadn't seen this film but i have ritualistically as a child would have watched Wallace and Gromit every year it Mm. held a really serious not something I ever thought about in and out of Christmas but it was part of it was part of the landscape in my childhood Mm -hmm. and the faces and the eyes that were animated into those by hand of course Mm -hmm. are so and you know we throw around iconic a lot loosely but they are they look Ardman has a look they have a face that they do so on one hand Mrs. Creedy and Mr. Creedy are malign and frightening Just but they're also in case you look about us it is tweedy isn't is it? it tweedy yeah i think did i say greedy yeah oh do you know why because i think of them as greedy ah, that's why <laughs> but it's greedy and tweety together yeah. tweety fucking genius well, either way the farmer and the farmer's wife's faces are so clearly ardman yeah. and so and belong to such a soft place in my memory that them as deeply sinister prison guards is really jarring mm-hmm. really really jarring from the off like mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic like very it feels it's almost like a Roald Dahl story filtered through yeah. a Wallace and Gromit like Britishness you mm-hmm. know because Roald Dahl's books aren't particularly English I think they're just more Roald Dahl books mm. whereas this feels because of I guess the actors they've used where you have like Jane Horrocks doing her Jane Horrocks John Cleese 
John Cleese and like uh, Phil Daniels as one of the rats. Like mm. it feels very British, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, in a way that um, like. But it is a very like fantastic Mr. Fox type story. It is, but it's from the inside. Yeah, it's suddenly the chickens that we're rooting for. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And I, I, th- I definitely agree with you on the that it is actually a feminist story. It's a matriarch, mm. a matriarchal utopia that they're running from the inside. Absolutely, and even I even love the fact that Mrs. Tweedy is the main antagonist. Like Mr. Tweedy's not. He's mm. he's the, the lackey. He's yeah, the, yeah. like she bullies him as much as she bullies and anybody else. And she's scary else. with him, man. Like she mm. is scary. Like yeah, she know. really is. But like for me, she's just the epitome of like of like white feminism. Yeah. Of yeah. I've reached the top. Let me push everybody else down. Girl boss in the empire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Girl boss gaslight gatekeep. Every <laughs> step of the way. Yeah, she yeah, literally yeah. gaslights Mr. Tree. Do you remember she when she's like, does. "It's in your head. It's in your head." And he's like, "It is in my head." He's looking yeah. out the window and he's like, "There's something up with the chickens." And she's like, "Look me in the eye and say it's all in my head." And I was like, yes. "Oh, go off! <laughs> like this is not a. This is wow. This is gnarly. Like it's, she, uh, she absolutely is." And like she's so she's so like that and she's so like put everybody else down want to get my own stuff um or my own wins uh, by any means necessary and then you have ginger Mm. who is all about community and she's not about herself at all she's like let me bring everybody yeah let Mm. me bring everybody up and over the fence yeah she says like it's easy to get one chicken out yes you know all of us us. yeah Yeah. and she's just the epitome of like intersectional feminism for me she's like let's work together let's use grassroots let's Let's use everybody's individual um, abilities, like like Babs doing manufacturing. You just see yeah. her knitting. <laughs> She's been knitting the whole time, the and I'm like, oh, lovely! It's so funny, and like, there's there's a real charm to the little the this. I love stop motion. Mm. I absolutely love it. I like I've I've said many times, including earlier that an episode that we recorded earlier on, where I'm just like, fuck CGI, because <laughs> I love Agreed. seeing things that are made by hand mm. and the quality of the world that they've built here everything that they use to build their contraptions to escape like the first tool that we see ginger use is a spoon to dig out from under the fence so they have a real sense of proportion about things mm-hmm. Pe- uh, bottle caps and light bulbs and little broken bits of things that they use to cobble together their escape machines it's really pleasing like yeah. on a tactile level you know yeah but ginger herself is an incredible hero and an incredible character oh my god like you're rooting for her from minute one. Like she is even in the darkness that you meet her in. It's initially it is very like you meet her at night. You see this amazing opening montage where she's executing all these escape plans, and the visual darkness of it was really compelling because I'm like, don't waste the lovely animation. It's so like let me see all the things that you're doing because it's so <laughs> yeah. intricate. But um, she is the she's the beacon and she's the leader. Absolutely. And I love that they start with that montage of all the different ways they've tried mm. to escape. They're not waiting for the impetus of Rocky to come in to inspire them to escape. They are on their way. They're mm. trying. She is getting out by any means necessary. And I just love because you start from a place of action mm. rather than inaction. She doesn't really have a call to arms. She doesn't have that moment. No, she's already out there. She's yeah. already. Her status quo is getting slammed into the dumpster and sitting in uh, night after night, <laughs> getting caught on the run and then having to sit in the dumpster by her herself and then letting back let back into the coop in the morning and then Bob's being like do you enjoy your holiday (laughs) (laughs) nice to get away isn't it oh she's brilliant I love Bob's yeah yeah because um, the start totally wrong footed me because I assumed it was about their their one escape attempt and mm -hmm. then when you see like eight of them in the first five minutes it totally set me off onto a different part I was like I don't know what this is actually about now yeah because I had assumed it was going to be because Mel Gibson is playing a rooster you kind of assumed 
it was going to be like a Buzz Lightyear kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where he Thought it was going to be sillier. Changes how they think about the world. But no, yeah, no, they, no. Just, they just needed him for a thing he didn't actually have. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved um, his character in mm. it in that I hated him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he isn't like, for me, it's a nearly perfect movie. I would love if she didn't end up with him in the end. Yeah, it seemed unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. it really did. And it felt like the Hollywood influence. Mm-hmm. It mm. felt like maybe Spielberg or, or, and who, the other guys involved were a bit like, oh, but we need something there. For me, he comes in and he is the obstacle and the means through which Ginger finally realises that she needs to delegate and trust her comrades more. Um, and, and no one's going to save them except themselves. No one's going to yeah. save them except themselves. And And don't rely on a saviour figure to come in and do, you have to do the work yourself but and they, don't trust a man. But they build it, you don't trust him. Don't, and don't trust an American as well. You don't trust a young American. It was like maybe them going like, it's kind of about Americans trying to like influence Ardman and change how they do things as well. Yeah. And Ardman being like, no, Americans are a distraction. We know what we're doing. Like, you know? I wouldn't be surprised. For all yeah. of John Cleese's contemporary failings, mm-hmm. continued, aggressive, failings. disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Endless failure of John Cleese. Um, he he does play a lovely character. The character that he plays in this is lovely, and there is a great deal of humor in terms, mm. and it makes a very searing point in that he plays this older rooster, and then this bright young circus rooster, literally, God in the machine, drops into the farm and is immediately mm. suspicious of him. Mm-hmm. Yanks always showing up late, and there is a lot of World War Two like chat in it, which is again when I opened up the film this morning was like cool chickens escaping the farm a delightful romp absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not a delight well it is a delightful romp but it's a delightful romp with teeth in yeah. a way that i was really not expecting yeah um and i think they do a great job at not letting rocky save the day and there is a really stirring moment in it where you tell you tell us who rocky is and then i'll tell you that they hurt my feelings <laughs> sure sure so so rocky turns up um so ginger has just kind of really um kind of reached a low moment she's been trying to kind of galvanize the chickens after oh god sorry we haven't talked about minute 7 yet <laughs> it's really hard going yeah it's so she's at a low point yeah she has just said one of the other chickens has just said to her like why are we bothering why don't we just and like accept the lot that we have in life defenses in our head yeah defenses are in our mind yeah, yeah. and like and yeah ginger's just like well oh she says um there's a million to one shot that you'll get out of here that we'll get out of here and ginger goes well then there's a chance smiling Walks out of the chicken coop, starts crying, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Because they don't shy away. Like it's that's really what's bold about it is that it, the rest of the chickens aren't really on her side, and they do in fact turn to her and say, "What the fuck is the point?" Mm-hmm. And she's like, "That's how they get you. That's how they control you. Mm-hmm. It's not just the fence they keep us in; it's the fence they put inside us." And I was like, "Really? This is very early in, in the film to be going here, <laughs> you know?" But it's Literally. also not the, not the most hardcore thing that happens in the first oh. 15 minutes. No, it absolutely no. is not. It absolutely isn't. So she's in this moment by herself outside and she sees what she thinks is a flying rooster. You see Rocky, um, he's like torpedoing through the air. He looks down, he winks at her. He <laughs> slams into a weather vane, which I think is a very, very interesting thing to hit into, spins around and breaks his wing. And so he is then in this chicken coop he can't get out he's got a broken wing and he asks ginger to hide him because he has actually escaped from 
what we know later is a circus and he's like I need to be hidden these guys are after me and she says I'm not going to hide you unless you teach us how to fly because she's like you can fly therefore we will be able to fly if you teach us and Rocky agrees to show them how to fly if she hides him once his wing is repaired and that's Rocky and he's American liberalism and he's full of lies uh, stick in my craw because initially she, he comes he comes with a delightful hopeful poster a piece of beautiful american propaganda of rocky the flying rooster mm-hmm. and it isn't until later on that we discover um ginger finds the second half of the poster in a, yeah. in a, a just really elegant and also devastating storytelling which depicts him flying out of a cannon mm-hmm. and he's not actually able to fly at all mm-hmm. though he does bring the promise and he does galvanize the troops. He does get everyone together because he's yes. a bright young book who arrives in and gets everybody moving. But he is—he ultimately has kind of betrayed them, hundred percent as well. So individualism wins out for him in the end, big time. Yeah. Um. But even before this, I think the like again, I know I'm like banging on about how dark this film is, but um, we are aware immediately of how how high the stakes are even before we have the pie making machine. Like again, it sounds so silly, but when you see it, it does not feel good at all. Before we even have the arrival of the pie making machine, uh, we have um, Mrs. Treaty um, checking how many eggs everyone is eating. So you are aware suddenly that. They're not just being let knock around being cute little chickens all day. They are part of a means of production. And they remove a hen who has not been laying enough eggs. And there is a really... Is that minute seven? Yeah. Yeah, where they remove her and decapitate her and eat her. And everyone else in the battery knows that this is happening. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of... Well, that's just what happens. She should have laid more eggs. You know what I mean? Or she should have told us she was suffering so we could have covered for her. So there is a really dark set of internal dynamics and rules absolutely a play like it's gnarly absolutely yeah, yeah. and even even just the like cinematography of that moment oh it's brilliant where it's very she, like startling. you see mrs tweedy like put her down and then you just see the shadows but she <sighs> like, throws her down mm. on yeah, that and then yeah. you see the axe coming down and it's just and just and i actually only because i watched it again last night and i only for the first time right re- recognized that the chicken edwina mm. that she's in the opening montages of the escapes yeah she's been trying and it's it's so devastating because not all of them are trying that hard there's a mm. core group that are trying to get away from the very beginning in that opening montage and her being one of them i never realized that and i'm like my god they don't spare you they yeah. really don't because then because then you're aware suddenly of how high and how hard the stakes are at all times like something really lovely that they do is they show and they did this with the props as well the scale of it when you start when you see mrs tweedy holding her by the neck you're mm-hmm. suddenly aware of how small she is mm-hmm. and that's fucked up like that's not nice that's bad feelings <laughs> I feel like I traumatized you both by. Well, I kind of love being traumatized <laughs> yeah. though. Like I want to, I want, I, I want to go feel weird in the movies. You know, I'm not always going for a good time when I sit down to watch things. I want to be kind of unsettled and challenged, and also radicalized. Yes, <laughs> that was my main thrust for this. It's one. Of, I think it's one of those films that turns people into vegetarians, possibly. Yeah, I think. I don't, did it do for you? No, no. no. <laughs> it, for like a day, it does. Yes, and then I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it is, it's it's very like babe in that yes. way for me in showing the intelligence of, I mean, I know they're claymation chickens, but. <laughs> but they do have very expressive little eyes. They it's do. those Ardman eyes. It's those Ardman eyes, you they're know, so they're cute. so expressive and sweet. Yeah. 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 And it's, and I don't want to be a part of that machine and that industry that does this. I'm like, if it's free range and I can 
just grab one of them, whatever. But I don't like that process anymore. Yeah. It's, I can't afford to do that. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. but I would love to. The egg prices haven't quite hit Ireland yet, but I worry that they're on their way. I worry that they're on their way. Um, but yeah, the well, what age would you have been when you saw this? Like, I would have been about... God, seven, seven, wow. eight. Did it, so did it land, like when you watch it for the first time, where did it land with you? Obviously, because when, when you watch this as a kid, it's adorable chickens milling around having an adventure. Yeah. Mm. And then the impact of it later, like you're obviously not watching as a child going, yes, I feel like, mom, I'm having a communist awakening. Like you're, maybe yes. you are. But how did you feel when you first saw it? I, 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 uh, the only thing I can remember from when I first saw it was like pure sensory overload. Mm. And it was one of those films that I really think kind of changed my brain chemistry in that's, like there was life before chicken run and then life after it and it really got me interested in stop motion animation because I was never I never watched Wallace and Gromit like I knew of them but Mm. I didn't I didn't really kind of connect with them in that way and then I saw this and I was like oh my god it's play-doh I loved Mm. play-doh and I just endlessly touchable yeah Yeah. and what I what I I can't remember anything else except just being like what is this this has changed my life that first time I watched it and then every time after that I'd come back to it at different points in my life like I'd never really tracked with the more political side of it until much more recently but you know the whole feminist part of it I was engaged with much much younger Mm -hmm. and I was like oh this is good and I also think it was one of the things that made me kind of turn more towards like dark humor yeah like there's a lot of dark humor in there, and I, I and think, a lot of good incidental dark humor too. Oh like it's, god, it's so it's good. Really good! It's so there's good. a knitting a noose moment in it, which I think was that just is, it caught me yeah. out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, "Damn, that is the of the noose is so good. It's so good. It comes out of nowhere, and it's so good. But that's what I love about Chicken Run. Like they weren't afraid. They, mm. they it's one of the things that I love about um, you know kids movies back in the day. Where it was just like, do you know what? They can handle it. Mm. Yeah, they let's, can handle it. Let's traumatize their little brains yeah. just a little bit. Let's and spook them. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I loved being spooked. Mm. Mm. And I think that's why I love horror now. Is kind of You can kind of nearly track that back to Chicken Run. Yeah, because sure. Yeah, because it was such a dark film. It is. And I think it, those kind of stories land you very firmly, I think, in your moral sense of what's right and wrong. Mm. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like, you are rooting... Everything incidentally in this is very. Well, the, the the landscape they're in is very frightening. So yeah. you you don't even need to be told that you want them to get out of there. Yeah, you instinctually want them to get out of there. A hundred percent. Oh, and another thing. Sorry, this is maybe slightly tangential. That's what is that we're here the for. word? That's yep. what we're here for. Okay. That's what we're here for. <laughs> um, something else that I don't think, again, landed with me fully, obviously, when I was a kid. But I think one of the lasting impacts of Chicken Run got this... Okay, this is a bit weird. But came out in 2000. Kate Moss is everywhere. Yeah. The Amazonian supermodels of the 90s are gone. Heroin chic is in. Yeah. And there was something about these chickens in all their voluptuousness yeah. and all their femininity yeah. that I think kind of, it kind of bolstered me a bit yeah. going forward. And I think it kind of maybe saved me in a little small way. Yeah. And mm. I know that might sound no, weird, I know but I yeah. felt that watching this Did as you? well. Even because I watched it for the first time this morning and again, immediately was like, I'm watching a uh, concentration camp drama. That's what's happening. And so absorbed it with that sincerity. Mm. But you do see all of these different women, like of different sizes, of different shapes. And Mm. they are all, the ways that they're pitted against each other are within their escape plan and within the 
sort of the psychic terror of living in this camp right mm. or, or this farm and um I'm, I'm really concerned i hope i'm like i, I I'm, I'm not flippantly describing this as a as a prison camp movie no like, it's this explicitly, is explicitly yeah, yeah, is this yeah. but they're not pitted against one another in a way that you often see in in films and television from that time where which girl is the best girl mm-hmm. you know there's lots of all of the different shapes and sizes of chickens yeah. are all have a part to play and are all worthy and all belong to each other mm-hmm. like it is there is something very wholesome about that which i think goes hard against the 2000s landscape of the nowadays nowadays <laughs> gnarled gnarled and ancient but with the resurgence of early 2000s culture and fashion for example the return of the low-rise gene of hip bones yeah of hip bones mm. the great cleansing of paris hilton's reputation absolutely rooting for her every step of the way don't get me wrong but for those of us who came of age during those years and are kind of batting back being traumatized by the hip bone era for the want of a better phrase um those are not days where you can look back on tv shows and films that depict women warmly no but chicken run within its darkness is really really lovely yes yeah and it's I I just I think it's such an important fen- feminist piece for yeah. little girls to watch and little boys. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think there was just something about it for me because the media I was consuming at that time. I know again. I know they're chickens, but I wasn't seeing any other female body type. Yeah. Except Mrs. Tweedy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. I just kind of liked that that was flipped. Out. Sorry, I made that real dark. But no, no, no. no, no. no. But like that's but these yeah. are really important. Like when we look back fondly on media and television from our childhoods and again all our faves are problematic we always have to look back with a contemporary lens while being forgiving of our younger selves for not having like like we we said in the avatar episode it's like what of course we didn't have any critical theory when we were nine (laughs) (laughs) you didn't gotta get a grip like come on man i could could really fucking read when i was nine you know um but like, I think that there is such salve to be found and mm-hmm. we don't all, the lessons that we learn about being compassionate to each other aren't always cut and dry. You can find a, a feminism and a fondness for other women in a fucking film about a bunch of chickens escaping a coop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. It's also about like the, the power of like ants. If you, if you, I worked in a supermarket when I was a teenager and it did... A lot of scenes where it's just the chicken stalking feels like being up in the break room mm. amongst all like Sweet the, the women who work in the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yes. Like blessed parts of your childhood where you're just there are just women talking. Mm-hmm. Yes, and in Northern English accents. Oh, yeah. so comforting. I just love that. It's reassuring of accents. Isn't it? it is. There's something so comforting about it. I just, I, I could listen to it all day. And I, I think I was reading a little bit about the production. Um, and I think part of the reason that, you know, it was so great that they got, well, that they viewed getting Mel Gibson was the fact that they could then populate the rest of the cast with like local actors. Yes. And One heavy hitter. Than, yeah, yeah. 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 That's our star. So now we can do whatever we want often with the that's rest. Fund, often that's funding related when you're looking oh, at yeah. weird small films. I know Chicken Run wasn't weird and small, but like genuinely that is, you, can you get it? Can you attach a star to something so that we can just hire There's only like local? 12 credited voice actors in the entire film wow. at the end. Isn't that insane? Voice it's actors weird. are amazing. Yeah, do, unless they just didn't credit like the chicken voices the, the background voices but. no I would say oh. it's multiple yeah. voice actors because I guess the cartoon landscape that we live in today all the all cartoon movies are 
Mm. Chris Pratt playing Super Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Inexplicably. Um, but like they are celebrities attached to cartoons. Mm. Whereas there's a whole generation of voice actors trained specifically for that particular kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Mm. Whereas now in order to get people into cinemas, I, I think that seems to be the point. You cast celebrities as cartoon characters as a means of selling the film. Is, the people in this are celebrities, but they're celebrities to adults. Yes. And, like, and to adults who watch like BBC Two comedies. Like, yeah. It's like Amelda Stoltz. Jane Horrocks. Yeah, yeah, specifically. Timothy Spall, you know? <laughs> so, like, it's a different it's a diff- it's a different time. You're not mm. looking at, like, this is the Zendaya is Michi issue, right? Where yeah, it's yeah. just like. Zendaya is who? Zendaya is Michi. You know, uh, the, the, the casting celebrities inexplicably as oh, yes. unknown cartoon characters. Yeah. It's just actors playing cartoons. So, if, I'd say there probably was only a handful of voice actors doing mm. multiple roles because that's what voice actors are good at. Mm. That's their right. job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're so good at it. Oh god, they're great. Mm-hmm. I love um I can never pronounce Julia's second name. Swinton? Oh no no no. Uh, no. Swalia. Swalia? Swalia. From Ab Fat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's Safi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and she's ginger. Yeah. What a career she's had. What a she career. goes from like Lydia Bennett in Pride and Prejudice 1995 to Safi and Ab Fab to Ginger in Chicken Run. I'm like that was a great seven-year run for you. Like, That's a great God. IMDb page, isn't it? That <laughs> like, is. Those things that live very hard in people's hearts. It, you know? I, but I did hear that when they wanted to make Chicken Run 2 not too long ago, that they did not want her attached. No. They wanted Mel Gibson. Oh, of course. But, but not, not her. Not and her. I'm so glad it's not made. It flies in the face. Oh, sorry. It flies, <laughs> it flies in flies the face of the <laughs> message of the film. She is the heart of that film. You can't, you can't have Chicken Run without her. To set her up as somebody who, like, I was going to say, you'd follow her into battle. And they actually, and they do. Like, it's a, it's a really lovely role for a woman to get to play. Is that great escape role? The, the, rallying people around you to like you're a radical you're a like a, a revolutionary but not in a macho way it's no, there's no yes, ego in no. her at all it's yeah. about freedom mm. right and yeah. to try and for her to try and explain the concept of freedom to people who have no understanding of it who have to mm. ask her like well where's the farm and she's like there is no farm i was like wow that is where's the farmer lived really, yeah. where's the farmer lived like <laughs> really moving mm. yeah really moving yeah. and like for a while i was kind of i was because i hadn't seen it i was like well you're just gonna let these poor fucking birds off into the forest animal for animals of farthing wood style like what the fuck <laughs> is gonna happen here but of course they end up in a bird sanctuary or a chicken sanctuary and the ending is so it's like oh shit there is places for animals to live freely it's so hopeful ah it's so hopeful it's so yeah, hopeful yeah. yeah the thing i found very moving was the sight of the chicks the babies at the end oh. i was like they were so cute astounding reveal <laughs> astounding reveal is this legion of tiny yellow babies they're such like, chunks as well oh they're little, little roundy fellas <laughs> one was wearing a little sauce cap on his head I was like that's me that's who as I Mac am. is like flinging yeah. it out of his yeah. his... just in case we need to go again you, know? you mentioned the see what I mean yeah that was definitely Ginger's idea. Yeah, yeah, get we them ready. We have to train them. Yeah, we have yeah. to train them to be ready for the next one. <laughs> get them young. Get them moving, you know. I often wonder, like, I, I still haven't quite sure what what Ginger's, like, hero story is in mm. it. Because she's so capable at the beginning. Yeah. And, and she falters. She falters, yeah. And I'm, tr- I'm still trying to, like, unpick from the writer's perspective, like, what was Ginger's fault? Because I can't see it. Yeah, because it does follow that really neat cartoon structure where you can see the the markers and you can see how, like, it's a really, really tight, really beautifully 
executed machine of a story in terms yeah. of how the secrets reveal themselves and how the drama moves like she has to like it is sort of devastating when Rocky appears we know he's a shyster mm-hmm. but like they will immediately listen to him he's a man and that's also clever because pecking order that's how you keep hens oh, in charge you introduce a rooster and that's why John Cleese's um, character exists is to, he tries to keep them in pecking order but he's so old they're like yeah whatever we'll do what you say but fuck you mm. but that's what a rooster does in a, in a, in a chicken coop is yeah. it decides the hierarchy of the chickens and um, I say this as a person who's never owned chickens but I believe <laughs> that's how it works and you see like Ginger sort of steps away from the hero role for a minute yes only to have to come back in again yeah and so, I, I think that is her journey of yeah. not you have to do it all yourself but don't 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 trust the American rooster yeah <laughs> like, don't yeah. don't expect anybody to come in and save you yeah you can't save yourself yeah save yourselves yeah plural, you know yeah all she, of you because even when he starts to so so just to explain a little bit so rocky obviously has the broken wing and so he's like getting all the hens to do in a great montage all these different like training um things that don't mean anything where they have to like elevate their legs and like run around in circles and ginger is so suspicious the whole yeah, time yeah she's because she, she literally he's says doing aerobics. Like a, he's doing like aerobics with them yeah, yeah, yeah and there's even a moment where they're all doing weird stuff and then she looks over and he's getting a massage and he's saying like ah oh, to the right to the right and so all the chickens move to the right and I'm like Ginger she knows that there's something not right here and yet the hope the trust the like well he must be yeah it's like yeah. she doesn't trust her instincts that he's a liar and a mm-hmm. fraud mm-hmm. because and it's fascinating that you've brought in the pecking order because I'm like oh maybe it was like a I don't know like a biological I don't yeah. I, yeah. I think it is because you see initially when he arrives in He's like this handsome claymation stud. And the all of the hens are immediately feral. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fucking completely feral. And I was like, oh, I wonder, is this going to be... And then I'm like, oh no, it's pecking order. That's, <laughs> that's literally what that is. So it's a lot of really clever, really considered stuff within that. Yes. And further, when it looks like... I'm going to keep calling him John Cleese because the character's name has zipped out of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the older rooster. Um, the, the general? General, sergeant, general. Um, John Cleese. Um we discovered that he was like a mascot rooster. Well, he was a rooster in the Second World War. So all of his batting around and waffling about, my, you know, in my day during the war, da, 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 isn't actually all just bluster. It occurs to Ginger, as after they've been failed by Rocky, that um, maybe because he is, he used to fly he used to fly with the RAF. It's like, well, if you can fly, then surely you would, you could be the person to fly us out of here. Mm-hmm. And initially we have hope pinned on him. Like, oh, he'll save the day. And it turns out that he actually couldn't he was just a mascot he Mm -hmm. was just purely symbolic and she's like no no don't care you're fucking doing it anyway yeah no i'm not accepting this from you you're doing it anyway yeah it's not that she is ceding control she's just refusing to accept somebody else uh she's refusing to accept failure she's like no we're doing it anyway but But she also gives him his moment yeah he's talked about it for the whole time and i love the the, yeah the solution was right in front of them he always had those plans for the plane or they call it a crate which i think is the The best thing in the world like we can build a crate crate. he always had those and just they just never really paid attention to him enough to ask so then they find this mac my little hen in stem who i love goes and and builds this this bird and she's and a great little accent on Mac as well. Oh, like, so funny. Like, the, the Scottish Mac, she's so cute. And the big goggly glasses. Yeah. Love When well, she starts dropping, like, the Scottish Mustard Trek stuff. 
in the oh. end I was like that was a long way to go for that joke <laughs> yeah but I'm here for it that was a long game yeah I fully believe that she should have ended up with Ginger. That's yeah. just, yeah, the, yeah, oh yeah, 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 that's the ship I'll die on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That, I know, that's what should yeah. have happened. But look, it's fine. It happened in our hearts. It yeah, in exactly. Hearts. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I love that, like, I love when something, the solution is in like the first frame of the mm. film and you only realise it afterwards. Mm. Such elegant storytelling. It's yeah. so elegant. Yeah. And I also love that, again, when Gin- after Rocky leaves and Ginger is now galvanising everybody and, you know, one person is on um, eggs, um, one person is on, man- oh, Babs is on manufacturing, doing the knitting, which I love. Mac is on the building of things and the whatever. The rats are knocking around, scheming and dreaming Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And like, even to the point of, in a traditional film, you might expect Ginger to be the one to go up and take the reins of the plane and fly it. Mm. But she doesn't because Ginger's mode of leadership is collaborative. Yeah. Ginger is an expert at delegation by the end of the film and her trust in her comrades <laughs> is what gets them over the line is what gets them there yeah. it wasn't individualism no one person or hen can do it everybody together and i really think that's the message of the film yeah everybody together it's an incredibly useful like in terms of like radicalizing the youth like for real it's a really like the messaging isn't is intrinsic to the storytelling mm-hmm. you come away from it with a sense of camaraderie and a sense of everyone together all at once is how you topple oppressive systems it's how you topple oppressive regimes it's how you get out together mm-hmm. and that is enormously progressive and enormously powerful and it does defeat the uh, the hero story because there is really no one ginger is a leader but she uh, is a hero of sorts but there is no way because she, she gets out alone almost every time that she tries to escape yeah. in that first montage like she got under the fence in fucking minute one with the spoon but she would not go alone <sighs> and like that is you know exactly who she is from that moment where you realise that but because one of the other hens couldn't fit in she will take the hit like mm-hmm. that is real that's really fucking powerful anti-individualistic shit like it is um very good it's very good for the heart it, like, is, it, it makes is. me emotional yeah, like when I'm i like, think about it yeah it's a very of all the films again like me and al wrote like oh shit this is a weird one this is great you know <laughs> but now that i've seen it i'm like damn this is an important fucking movie and i think but probably because it's about chickens and because mm. maybe of the time it came out it might be like ass- assumed as just a kind of ah it's just a caper not just a fucking caper at all and it's also no cynicism in it. Oh, no. Not a grain. Because Fantastic Mr. Fox, obviously another, the parallel story is the fox is hunting the chickens and the one that this is re- reminiscent of because it's a battery farm and mm-hmm. the landscape of the chicken coops is something that would throw you back to A. Roald Dahl and then mm. later on Wes Anderson's interpretation of it which is laced with cynicism. It's such a cynical like uh, film. I, I still love it but it's yes. very different in vibe and tone from this. Though the setting and place is the same I think I went in expecting something smarmy and came out shocked by how hopeful and empowering it is as a piece of work yeah like I think they had to though they couldn't go as dark as they do without hope. without hope yeah you can't bring us to that level without them being like but it's not all like that no you can't incite that kind of imagery you can't you you literally can't put us in a prison camp without 
treating it with that you can't be like wink it's a cat like no yeah if you're gonna use that backdrop you have to go right to people's hearts and tell a really good true story about how people can band together to escape things absolutely it has to be sincere absolutely because i think even when you would describe it's like oh chickens in a concentration camp that can sound really flippant Mm. and that can sound like we're like oh i don't know about that but they never treat it flippantly at all they treat it with real sincerity and it's like and they have this such hope because to kind of get you through all of that. And it never, for me, it never feels like a joke. No. There are great jokes there in it. There are great yeah. jokes in it, but they point the right way. Yes, exactly. And I think it's a really good example of how comedy can point exactly at the source of power and never at the oppressed. Yes. And within, within oppressed groups, the humor is, within the group, the humor is lovely. It's fair. You know, again, I was totally shocked by the knitting of the noose. But it was like... <laughs> But it was also like, of course they, of course she is. Like, it didn't feel, it didn't, the, the, they handle, they, they are aiming fucking wild with this one. This is a, this is a mad setup yeah. with an enormous amount of heart in it. And an mm-hmm. enormous um, moral center that never feels like it's preaching to you. Ever. No. Mm. Ever. And it's, and even this scene where um, Mrs. Creedy finally, or I keep saying Creedy, Tweedy, keep, finally gets the, um, the what's it called the chicken machine up and the running make machine yeah, yeah yeah and she says to Mr. Treaty right go and get one and he's like I know just the one to get and Ginger then has to is like put into this machine and you know Rocky try, turns up and tries to save her and she actually ends up saving him love that little twist as well mm. but that whole sequence is genuinely chilling horrific it's chilling a lot of like actually like horrifying images yeah yes. where when rocky's stuck in the pie and he keeps getting stuck in other like all the pies getting out and there's just an overhead shot of like his silhouette in each pie mm. yeah it's like the what's that fear of like holes oh oh it kind of trypto, trypto yeah 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 yes. i know the one you're talking about it, it kind of sparked a bit of that it's a bit, of gro- yeah. it's a bit gross but, but it, really horrifying like, this, this, so many efforts got out and so many failures. Each pie is a failure there. It's like really horrifying. And I think showing the, in, like, this is what I mean about creative fucking storytelling. Mm. They show how the pie making machine works, man. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're showing us, they're showing us the inside of the machine that the chickens would be sent to to die. Mm. It is super chilling. The stakes feel through the roof. Mm-hmm. Like, and it could be, this could be where stop motion comes in again. Because it is so touchable and because it's made by hand, because it feels and is real, mm. it's more frightening. And Coraline had this impact as well. Mm-hmm. Because it is real, it's not CG. Your brain isn't doing the uncanny thing. Yeah. There's no distance. Yeah. yeah. That's what makes it even more distressing. Mm-hmm. You know? like Oh, yeah. Uh, the more I'm talking, I'm like, is this a kid's movie? <laughs> <laughs> also a really important question to ask i guess in general but like it is oh yeah but watched with adult eyes it's much more frightening yes it really is it's one of those things that i'm so glad my parents didn't really keep an eye on me as a child oh yeah (laughs) blessed is the vhs machine and please entertain yourself like yeah yeah god oh because they were just like yeah fun little thing and i was Mm -hmm. like little radicalized me being like this is the best thing i've ever seen yeah yeah gathering the troops you know yeah literally go (laughs) so as a comic and an actress now like do you like especially because it is such a funny it it is such a funny piece of work like Mm -hmm. how do you like can you thread your career now 
to this place uh, you know to to this to, to this world and the humour here like is there a straight line Some or a connected web like have you oh have you seen my stand-up? yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my stand-up's like very dark excellent yeah yeah, yeah yeah because yeah. I can get away with it because I'm like blonde and a little bit butter wouldn't melt so I can say like heinous shit that's how you get around them man that's yeah. how you get smoke and mirrors so that's I think that's probably the lesson I took from chicken run yeah. <laughs> you can knit a noose but it has to be Babs the chicken doing it soft mm-hmm. and feathered so you exactly. can exactly pull the joke exactly. Yeah, yeah just yeah. that that little sleight of hand of like we can put I think it is yeah it's the the marriage of something like that looks innocuous or looks sweet or looks nice and then just have something filthy or dark or you know, gritty with it. Mar those thing, two things together. I think that's just that's pre- pretty much my comment. Goldust, goldust. <laughs> I love it's it. Exactly I love it. it. Oh God, yes. I'm really thinking about it now a lot as like a, as a feminist work as well. Like to be able to point to a piece of children's cinema that is so like clearly and powerfully feminist as well. I can't really think of it. I'm trying to think of what the contemporaries were at the time. Because we'd, we'd already had the Disney Renaissance. That mm. began in, what, 1990 with Beauty and the Beast? We have rewritten history on feminism on that shit, man. We were, we were looking back <laughs> through deep, rose-tinted glasses, like, none of that was feminist, man. We're all just lying to ourselves nowadays. True, very you true, know, yeah. We really are. Like, But I think that this, as a, in terms of its influence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it leads you towards a, a camaraderie and a kindness, I think, to other women. Yes, and I can't think of any other media at that time that would have made me feel empowered in that way mm, mm. like the only other thing that's kind of coming up around that time for me would be like power rangers because i love the pink power ranger yeah yeah mm. she was great she yeah pink. she was yeah, yeah, yeah. like her and the yellow power ranger two but girls. again they were the two girls yeah yeah they weren't really as opposed to this huge variety of gals hens totally i mean i was so used to at that time just being the toe especially because um where i grew up on my green i was one of i was like the only girl i love that you say on my green that on is my green. so <laughs> real that is so real <laughs> right oh yes oh we had two we had little green, Did you? green. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had two but i wasn't allowed on the big green <laughs> oh there was there was a third one called the hellier and i wasn't allowed up there till i was much because it had helicopter trees and that was the one i wasn't allowed to that is so that is the most dublin shit i've ever heard in my life <laughs> but yeah there is there is a thing when you're a kid where there is often just one other girl and maybe you're the only one and totally, like, yeah in, you're in, the token yeah yeah you get brought along and that's that's your job to absolutely be the girl. Yeah. yeah and then i was like it's all girls this movie is all girls what the, and the and the antagonist is a girl and mm. it's just god i love it i just love it i love mrs tweedy i think she's an excellent villain yeah she's really scary i yeah. think she is just such a bri- and i love that like our introduction to her is ginger gets out and she's like trying making a run for it because the dogs are chasing her and like the dogs are so scary yeah they really are yeah and she like runs up and she like grabs a gnome to try and stop the dogs and they bite the The gnome's head off yeah Yeah. and then the door opens behind ginger and the camera pans up and it's all fluffy yellow and pink and like extremely like typically feminine and then you just look into the eyes of the scariest person you've ever seen you've ever seen but she's totally innocuous looking 
it, that was part of the genius of the stop motion animation that they could make a woman who is quite a normal looking woman so look sinister. so sinister something I liked is that she's wearing she has rubber gloves mm. and that's a little Ardman nod to the rubber glove in um, it's not the wrong trousers is it the wrong trousers the one's the penguin the penguin yeah, yeah, yeah. they use they love a, a rubber glove as a plot in Ardman and no I way. think that was a little a little nod oh, penguin wears one as, on its head to as pretend a to be a rooster yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. very 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 suspicious unpleasant <laughs> penguin again something that has so little detail mm-hmm. can contain such multitudes of horror I don't know how they do it I don't know how they do it but like uh, the red rubber glove I think was a thing that struck my heart mm. I was like okay we're in we're in with the Arabian gang now. They, oh, they're giving that. us a little. They're giving us a little nod to something of time gone by, and it was also a cue of evil because yeah. that the penguin was like very very yeah. evil. Mm-hmm. That um, again, that sounds like a, a goofy thing to say, but it, mm. this is from a really long time ago, and uh, I feel like we live in a world more densely populated by stupid things like evil penguins nowadays. But back then, it was genuinely like. He was very frightening. Mm-hmm. And the red rubber glove, I'm holding my wrist in a really nerve-wracking way. <laughs> Sorry, I was like trying to illustrate what this looks like by like wielding my wrist at you. Mm-hmm. Um, wore it on its head as a disguise and she's holding a red rubber glove and I was like... Oh, it's such a good little Easter egg. It's a lovely little... Right, we're in now. She's yes. so and her her evil isn't one note either. No. No. Yeah. Like no. From any perspective other than the chickens, she's just a farmer. Yeah. Like her main crime is like... Not seeing the chickens as people, which Mm. we don't. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, well, gaslighting her husband as well. There's that one. Yeah. But like, she is just a mean capitalist. That's it. Yeah. It's just not seeing the the things that she gets extracts value from as people. Yeah. Which is capitalism. Like, yeah. Maybe that's why we hate Mrs. Tweedy so much, is because Mm. we are Mrs. Tweedy. Every Mm. single one of us. Yeah. Looking for a way to, what was it, make more profits now? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's. But Oof. now there is there's one thing that I noticed. I only watched it when, noticed when I watched it last night. Um, so like she is she's quite abusive to Mister Tweedy. Yeah. Like she's she's fond of an old like physical interaction. Yeah, she looms big time. Like she does, and like Ooh. she slaps him and she throws things at him and whatever. But there's one moment I can't remember what moment it is, which just added another note to me, which. I'm glad I didn't pick up as a kid. There's one moment where, like, halfway through the film, she's, like, has a moment of triumph. I can't remember what it is. Maybe it's when the um, machine is finally up and running. And you can bear, you don't really notice it. You just notice him jumping. But she, like, pinches his bottom. Oh, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, I would, it, it's a moment that she's experiencing some kind of, like, sadistic pleasure. And then she does that to him. It's the only mode of affection that she shows him throughout the whole film. And it just adds such a sinister note. I'm like, what on earth is happening here? (laughs) What's going on here? But like, that's a... That there's lots of little things that happen out of the corner of your eye like yeah. that as well. Like if if you are, if you comb through this really neatly, there's all sorts of little sly dark oh, there digs is. happening just just out of the corner of your eye, and that's the pleasure in stop motion again yes. because people made this happen microsecond by microsecond. Mm. Like what's it, twenty four frames per yeah. second? Something Jeez. crazy like that. That's twenty four tiny movements. So. There's so much happening in the background, so much tiny little details mm-hmm. that are like, it's so rich. There's some stuff in this film where I'm like, I, I believe that they did stop motion, but I don't know how they did stop motion. Yes. Mm. Like when they're dancing and the, the oh, lights and disco ball oh, God, are shining yeah. on the ball. I'm like, are they moving the lights every frame yeah. as well? Yeah, and probably then are. When she spins the blades when they get the machine, and the blades are spinning, but in the way that, like, you know, when you watch. Um, 
a car ad, the wheels look like they're going backwards. Mm. And it's because they're spinning faster than 24 frames a second. So it's It looks like it's going the wrong way. But they're doing that with the blades in stop motion. (laughs) I don't understand how they did that. I went to the the exhibition for Pinocchio. I would not Mm. recommend... I mean, Pinocchio won an Oscar and is fabulous. But like... I would, you know, I'd follow Gamer de Toro into the ends of the earth, but like he's a perfect filmmaker. But the Pinocchio is fucking hardcore. Like mm. I really spent a lot of it just openly weeping. Also, another stop motion film which touches on the harrowing nature of war. Most of it's about fascist Italy. We see a full there's Nazi soldiers walking around. Mussolini is depicted. Like it is not a nice film. It's like hardcore historically really fucking important mm. like good to watch story set at that time and uh, it doesn't flinch i would say away from the abominations and horrors of war while also being about a tiny wooden boy um but a, a huge crier just a big caveat just a big crier <laughs> of a movie was inconsolable watched on christmas day shouldn't have uh and i went to the uh an exhibition um about the making of it in moma which showed a lot of the puppets mm. and a, a, a thing was was shown on the screen of how much physical like they showed the animator and the puppet and the animator in the background is a fucking blur mm. like that's how to, to make it run the amount of human labor that happens is astonishing and another thing they did was they showed the scale of the puppets mm. is that sometimes they're the size of the palm of your hand and other times they're like the size of this table do you know what I mean? Depending yeah. on what kind mm. of shot they're using. So I don't know how, like, I would love to see a diorama or an exhibition of the puppets and the the landscapes used in this to get a sense of the scale and to get a sense of how they did it. And it's one of those situations, I think, where seeing the making of it doesn't make it, doesn't strip the magic. No, no. I would be fascinated. I would be, ap- I would pay any amount of money to go in and just have a little. Oh, mm. send me to Bristol. Like, where are the studios? Especially in the inside the machine. Like, how are they getting those shots how in the are machine? They doing that? It's really unbelievable. I remember we we talked about Coraline. How Coraline seemed like it was like the peak of stop motion, but there's a whole other All type of thing happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I forget that it stopped. Like within 15 mm. seconds, every yeah, yeah. time, every time, and I'm just like, oh, these are real people. And in well, the way that I don't know about you, but I can never forget I'm looking at a green screen. Ever, yeah. ever. I'm not a big CGI fan at all, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, this is my, this, it turns out this is the rock I'm going to die on. Yeah. <laughs> this is like my. We talked about this in Terminator 2, where there was stuff in Terminator 2 that sh- should activate your CGI aversion, but it wasn't. And it's because they were using twins for T1000 scenes instead of um, just doubling an actor. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's Linda Hamilton's twin there. That's why it's not. My brain is completely accepting there's a second person there because there is, you know. Your brain knows yeah. what's real and what's not real. So mm. that's why when you're watching these hilarious chickens, it has way more sincerity than mm-hmm. it should. Because they have these hilarious Ardman faces, these really funny eyes, really funny mouths. Like there's so much silliness in a, on, an, on a kind of... Ardman a, cheeks are a thing. Ardman yeah. cheeks, yeah. Like there's so much... It's so charming. Mm. And yet... <laughs> in the shadow of the fences like it's mm-hmm. so dark it's yeah. so it's it contains multitudes like, totally mm-hmm. but yeah, imagine yeah. making that with cgi i wouldn't i wouldn't watch it i, would, yeah, I wouldn't i wouldn't watch it yeah, yeah. No, i no, actually no. wouldn't watch it i'd be like there's no point they might do they might do you know what i mean this is the oh, they probably will. The second one where yeah. it's like why are you doing that guys like come there's on no, yeah leave it alone it's perfect be AIing a bunch of chickens you know i can't can't root for them the same way I feel I, like um, as well that you can't really talk about Chicken Run without talking about Babs. 
oh. who I think is probably the best written character. Yes, yes. <laughs> Every line she says is gold. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely like, well, what's the, she's got the most famous line in the film that, pe- well, the people that know about it quote all the time. It's like, I don't want to be a pie. I don't like gravy. And it's like, <laughs> bless you. She's the foil. She's, she's, the, per- yeah. she's the perfect, perfect stupid angel baby. Oh, mm-hmm. she's you yes. Know? She, pro- I think she's the essence of the hope in the film. In yeah. that she provides mm. the levity that you need, and it's her humor and it's her being silly. That's what we laugh at. She doesn't laugh- know where the farmer lives. Like, what Abs- do you mean? Yeah. She's amazing. The farm? Like, or in the train, her feet don't. Or in the crate, her feet don't reach the pedals. But she's still pedaling anyway. Yeah. She's still doing it. Anyway. She's just yeah. like. I think I think Babs is just a, one of the greatest creations of because them. if you're gonna the, this is the other thing because <clears throat> they have like lots of fun chicken stuff in it in the pecking order and all that stuff they've got lots of little chicken facts also the, the assumption that we all have is the chickens are fucking stupid right yeah. so making them all as bold and brave and bright as ginger isn't gonna work you have to have <laughs> you have to be rooting for the fucking stupid ones as well do you know what i mean if we're walking into a landscape entirely populated by super genius fucking ste- chickens in stem mm-hmm. and revolutionaries and and like former raf roosters and bright bold americans then it's like okay okay exceptionalism no babs is just thick and doing her knitting and like yeah you, you still want her to Go and have a lovely life, and is as deserving as everybody Every, else everybody to be else. in that to be on that um, crate, yeah. yeah, and to be in the sanctuary. Absolutely. It's not yeah. about exceptionalism. It's not about elitism. They everybody goes. Yeah, she knits the goggles that they use yeah. as well. I thought that was a lovely <laughs> detail. The goggles, though, just like that is just yeah. not a fucking yeah. single thing has been placed into this scene that wasn't made by a person's hands. Yeah. And doesn't count totally. Which is just yeah. This but, is why animation's important. But she also like she does like she spends the whole movie being not not the butt of the joke, but she just provides she the levity. The jokes. She's she's yes the exactly jokes. yeah yeah. But then towards the end, it's like oh Babs, she's a bit silly, isn't she? And then she's the one that's head of manufacturing. She's yeah. the one that's literally knitting the fabric through which. Well, she's delegating other knitting, but she's the one that's hugely instrumental in them getting getting off the ground. But it's using her strengths, mm-hmm. what using she's good at, what she wants to do and what, what she excels at. And it's like, yes, not everyone has to be exceptional in the same ways. Find people's strengths and use their strengths in the best way possible for the community. As Bev say, community, like that's exactly what it's about. It's mm-hmm. about finding, com- like forming community under oppression and then freeing that community as the community moves together like it's mm-hmm. it really i would i would challenge anyone not to be deeply radicalized by yeah. this film mm-hmm. uh the other thing that i like as well is that the other hen whose name has gone in my head the larger hen who's the one who's like what yeah. the fuck is the point in leaving jan, and possibly. jan yeah, yeah i think it might i can be never jan. catch her name yeah. actually yeah. but she's the one who pulls up against ginger to be like this is pointless and she's the one with the fences inside her mind basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and again that resonated with me in a way that i was like this is like this is real kill the cop in your head shit like i <laughs> unbelievable um she's not punished for her descent mm-hmm. there's no ostracization within the group mm-hmm. which would be easy and yeah. a really easy way to feign drama and to uh, like approximate stakes is to be like well fuck you for not believing in us you don't get to come like i can see a version of that where that would mm-hmm. where, of this where that would happen but it's not held against her no everyone is brought together everyone is accepted everyone is like 
she's not punished for not being 100% on board 100% of the time, mm-hmm. which I think is like lovely and humane and again a place that we can fucking go to to learn shit from you know 100 I mean? and she's also not like she doesn't view herself as um better than the rest of them because no. she lays so many more eggs than everybody else and she and she even says she would have saved she would have given spare uh, eggs to the one who gets um, yes chopped by um mrs uh absolutely uh, tweedy like she would have helped if she had known yeah she was like she didn't tell me she didn't ask me also devastating devastating like and that's that's the thing as well like there's no it's not that okay i'm a better chicken because i can lay more eggs they like me then i'm gonna gonna kill me yes exactly she doesn't have that individualism and then her strength being that she lays so many more eggs than everybody else is also put to use at the end for the good of the community because that's your strength that's what you do you continue to lay, lay the eggs to keep our cover while we're working on other things you don't have to be um doing like creating the plane itself you just have to give us our cover story that's she also where kind of finances it by <laughs> yeah yeah that's actually a great way to look yeah, at yeah. it yes she's financing it because mm. she has the means mm. for the good of the community like i swear to god i really <laughs> i feel like this is my communist manifesto. no seriously right as someone who is uh, during juvenile is often the the sole man among a group of women talk of communes comes up a lot yeah yeah we do uh, we, we always yeah, end always up talk, veering like, back to going to the farm yeah, no. yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah a lot of commune chat it's so a vegan know. farm though yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely not a pig farm guys <laughs> definitely not uh but no commune chat does come up a lot and mm. like this idea of like the you know the feminist utopia is fake all utopias are fake but, <laughs> <laughs> but there is a there is a dream hanging under there and there is a like the promise of freedom that ginger gives them as it's executed is one in which they all have a role to play in a job and a community and then a second community and the chicks yeah which again you don't see any chicks until the very end and that is when it just got me right in the heart it was like oh my god they're all free and their kids are free yeah that's what you want it's not just for them i'm gonna start crying it's not just for them it's for the ones that come after them right so like all the romance with rocky and ginger means absolutely fuck all which is an unfortunate thing just didn't find myself rooting for them didn't find myself charmed but the real love story is the hens among hens and the hens future and it's just such a satisfying gorgeous ending for them yeah. all to have like it's a it's where i would like to end up you know same like in a bird's sanctuary 100 percent chicken spelled chicken. wrong <laughs> I love. and then we even have like a little bit of like cloaked thing with the two um the two, the two rats. rats being like should we get an egg and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> they're so coded queer to the whole I film them. i love them what and a beautiful I'm, double act they're yeah, so yeah. great i love them and he was like do you want to dance yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh, yes. Queer rat utopia. Also would live there. <laughs> I would also live there. Arguably, is that Dublin? Maybe. Um, but yeah, there's a, I think that that is the antidote to the horror of the opening yes. movement. Yeah. Is the green pastures that they've only ever seen on the boxes of the eggs that they sell. Oh, like, God. it is, does not pull its punches. So my God, when the hope sets in, you really feel it. Yeah. You need it. Mm-hmm. You need I really it. Do. I think maybe that was the one thing that Rocky kind of brings to Ginger's when he kind of explains to her, like, you can't just preach survival. Yeah. You have to preach a life worth living. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I think she was so stuck in the mode of let's get out that she forgot what the out to was. inspire them. Yeah. 
yeah it's, it's actually a really good point that it, that's maybe his gift yeah mm. was, talking shit yeah was just giving him <laughs> giving him the big American banner you know yeah sometimes yeah. it's needed the, something I did find very funny when he does get it when he does get sent out on his own his open road is he's on a fucking tricycle yeah. <laughs> It's like Kermit on the bike, endlessly yeah. funny to me. Just these tiny little legs pedaling away. I was like, that is very, very funny. And I don't know why. Again, if it was CGI, it wouldn't be funny. No, not no. at all. But it's just the little the little legs on the tricycle. It's so inelegant and so unglamorous. And it's exactly what he deserves, you know. And surrounded by beautiful countryside. Yeah. Oh, again, stop motion animation. Like, perfect. Beautiful. Like, all tiny and made by hand. <sighs> and like so amazing oh, more of that please yeah I'm not like gonna get fatalistic about uh, I'm leading back sorry um, that's like that's how fatalistic I am my whole head went back there um, you know I'm getting really impassioned but you can't hear me properly on this podcast so I'm leaning <laughs> leaning the wrong way um, I wish that was where animation was leading and that was where things were going but it yeah. feels like we're we might like Pinocchio winning an Oscar aside. I don't know if that means. I don't know if we're still if we're going if if we are actually going towards that because it does take time. It does take money. It does take training and artistry. Yeah. The skill that it takes a large group of people to build 100%. something as elegant as Chicken Run is unknowable. And the yeah. patience, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Five years you'd Fuck be looking me. at making that. It's insane. But look what you get. I know. It's so good. Yeah. It's not a bad, it's not a ba- bad note in it. Not no. a bum note. No. Like. Oh, sorry. One more thing I wanted to say about the ending, which again, I only copped last night. I've seen it so many times. So we have the chickens and they escape off the, um, on the crate and Mrs. Tweedy grabs onto these like lights that have been used earlier mm. in the film to when they're having the dance and it's all beautiful. And she's like holding on and Ginger happens, or, er, manages to like cut the wire or well Mrs. Tweedy cuts the wire and ends up falling into the chicken machine and it that's all great and like that's the comeuppance it's amazing the machine explodes so far so very yes we're expecting this from a cartoon Mr. Tweedy opens the door and sees her and then she starts giving it to him I never caught this until last night that Mr. Tweedy then pushes the door onto her yeah and kills her Sorry, I did see the push, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah he's like, fuck." Oh no, no, he killed her. Oh no, she, he is, and you can see the dogs like licking all the like. Sorry, I'm moving. You can yeah. see the dogs around her licking the gravy. That was that, that for was me very was funny. that yeah. was like hilarious. Good. Fuck you. Also, the dogs are scary, and it's nice to see them cute. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he also gets away safe. He, he is emboldened yeah. by their escape. Yeah, because he was right the whole time, and he's been liberated from this mm. awful system of oppression as well. Uh, yes. like his hands are not clean because he is also a perpetrator of fucking oppression against them and is a monster. But mm-hmm. he is free from her, and that's at least something. That's something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I just I don't know there was something about that last night where I was like oh bit of a dark happy ending too okay yeah, yeah. I like that like a bit of dark vengeance there at the end yeah well, that's fuck her like she sucks she's so scary absolutely <laughs> yeah but when the system topples everybody benefits yeah yeah even the ones even who the ones were, that yeah who were like not so good we didn't I'm glad we didn't see too much of the circus like circus stuff freaks me out in general I'm not oh really yeah much of a circus enjoyer yeah, yeah, yeah. once i've only come out a few years beforehand so probably they had done circus uh, so, yeah. yeah that makes sense mm. i i also could never figure out like why a rooster coming out of a cannon was like a circus act yeah i feel like that's a i i i have gonzo the great in my head like a sort yeah. of a daring stunt man i guess if, uh, if john yeah. cleese was 
in World War II and still alive. I don't know how long roosters live, but like we're probably in the fifties at best. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we're in the past. That makes sense, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, that makes we're sense. We're definitely in the yeah. past, yeah. and also it makes sense. Like, there's so many nice little details here that you can. It's lovely when you can pick pick away at something like, oh, I'm only finding more delicious things that make sense. <laughs> yeah. The further that I pull it, I'm like, well, he's the fan. Like, he's a fancy rooster. He's like a prize winning rooster. Mm-hmm. So if it's set at a certain time, he might have been like a really hot commodity for them to mm-hmm. have on their farm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the tiny world that we have, the tiny dark world that we have, it all makes really clear sense. Mm-hmm. And that allows the the hope and the heroism and the community to feel more, I don't know, more. Yeah. It's a banger. It's so good. So good. I cannot believe how thoroughly my world has been rocked by this. (laughs) I'm so happy. A blessing. Every time someone hasn't heard of Chicken Run, I'm like, drop everything Everything. you're Mm -hmm. doing and go and watch this film. It will genuinely change your life. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to, I bet you have like radicalized me on this. I'm just like, would you like to watch some propaganda? Well, have I got this stop motion fucking movie about farm animals about you, for you? Like, isn't it really interesting that that's the way that you kind of teach children about politics across Mm. the, across the fucking world is farms, you know, like, babe animal farm mm-hmm. fucking like this is how we talk about the world is how we talk about our food and where it comes from absolutely and i think that there's not that not the children's animation has gotten worse because in fairness i'm it's not changed. as in, i'm not engaged with it that much anymore yeah. but for me i just always think like working with kids as well mm. i'm like kids are, they need to experience these heavy emotions yeah, yeah. that's part of their emotional growth as well I don't think you do a lot for kids when you shelter them from no. the realities of life. Yeah. I think you're just kind of setting them up for a bigger fail later on. So I'm always like, yeah, traumatize them. Yeah. In this, in this particular mode, cinema, like we talk this a lot on this podcast of shit you saw way too young and things that like scrambled your brain. Mm-hmm. Also, we're all fine. Exactly. Yeah. Arguably we're curious and we're compassionate. So honestly, I think like just the idea of 30 minute sitcoms where everything's resolved within 30 minutes fucked me up a lot more than Annie. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean like, we can't sort this out I mean, right now? <laughs> but like it's been half an hour and we're not okay again. Should we yeah. like break up? I don't know what. <laughs> it's much worse for me than Die Hard was. At six, I think a couple know? of weeks of nightmares are fine. Yeah. And then you get over it. You know, and maybe you're kind of like, you wake up one day and you realize that maybe your community is what matters most of all. And like, mm. you, maybe you will be able to look around you and go, oh, that's a, that sure is a system of, uh, that sure is a boot I'm under. You know, mm-hmm. like if you can, like I watched Cabaret way too young I, my, I grew up at my nana's house and um, my childhood was largely centred around the Super Nintendo and VHS machine and my nana had cabaret on VHS I talked about this a good few times here and like that's a World War 2 story yeah and it's about a lot of things but one of the things it's critically about is waking up one day looking around you and realising everyone in the room is a Nazi and what the fuck do you do mm. you know and that landed with me and the set of the set of morals and the set of belief that I have landed with me very young mm-hmm. from a musical which involves Liza Minnelli <laughs> mincing around on a chair. You know, like that's what I was ostensibly watching it for the song and dance numbers as a small child. But it also, I think, grounded my sense of justice and also gave me the wider set of goals and ambitions to hang around with artists all the time because yeah. that's where the interesting shit happens. Mm-hmm. Like the things that you watch when you're a kid do ground your moral compass. Absolutely. You learn from those stories. Common People by Pulp came out when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And I think completely like 
informed my like class, class. consciousness. Yeah, no like yeah. completely like formed it. Yeah, like it's actually like the base of it. Yeah, carries the same. You yeah. haven't talked about like that's the that's the vibe. You know, mm-hmm. you pick things up that give you a grounding of who you're going to be. Totally, and like kids, like I think sometimes we forget that kids, like children, are little people. Oh, fully. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's some kind of like delineation. I think probably around the Victorian era, where childhood actually became a thing. Yeah. Whereas before, it wasn't really seen that way, and then it became like, no, childhood is pure and angelic, and all this, and and it is. But that's also a little person. Yeah. Who is fully capable of, you know, feeling the full spectrums of emotion, and like will understand things to their level. So yeah. let them. Yeah. Like just let them, because I just think it's so. But yeah, exactly. The stuff that informed us of uh, uh, going forward, how, how we became adults, that happened when we were young. And it you spend the rest we were... of your life with the toolkit that you're handed as a child. Absolutely. For, for better or worse. Absolutely. Like, which is kind of bananas. You're like, wow, the first 10 years really, five mm. years really matter. But like, and this is, again, we live in a really funny time for censorship and for the from from book banning and from the removal of different texts from schools in America, which I worry will mm. make its way here because mm. where America goes, Ireland follows. And I think that I watch films like this like watching Chick Run and the first thought in my head is they could not get this across the line today. There's no fucking mm. way you could get that across the line today. I find that such a shame because who's that catering toward? To? Yeah. Who because is that protecting? Who is that protecting? Because are protecting? we pretending that there's not kids that are in wars right now? Are we not? Are we pretending that kids don't experience really, really awful things as well? And mm-hmm. it's like, it really feels like it caters towards a specific type of childhood. Who are we protecting? Yeah. What, uh, what are we preserving? And thus, what do we permit happening again? Yeah. And I like, so weird film by chickens. However, <laughs> I watched this and I was like, they fucking wouldn't let, they would not let this out today. No. There's no, there's no way in hell would you get to see this kind of story today with this kind of a heart in it. Yeah. Um, and with the risky imagery, like mm-hmm. the noose thing, while we're joking about it, hilarious perfect the yeah. moment that it's ex- uh, uh, that it's executed in it's arguably the least dark thing in this would not you would not get this over the line today which i think makes it all the more important yes because like again good storytelling doesn't moralize directly but it leads you somewhere in your heart and again so shocked on a saturday morning where i was like oh it's like the chicken movie but i'm sitting there bawling my eyes out being like yes ginger yes you know get him out of there like that's good art man that's good art yeah yeah there we go i think we've talked for a very long time about chicken we've done right we have Ali Ryan, please plug Aww. anything you want to plug. Tell us where we can find you. Oh, please um, follow me on Up Your Ali Ryan. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram and uh, TikTok and Twitter. Uh, no, don't follow me on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I think I logged in once in 2015 and then you never looked at again. It's a bad place. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad place. So. Um, yeah, you can catch me if you follow me on there. I, I put up where I'm performing during the week and stuff. And um, yeah. That's me. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank you so Thank much, you. Ali. Sarah, where can we find you? I'm still on Twitter.com, but you probably shouldn't follow me there either. <laughs> I will eventually jump off the deck of the ship uh, at Grifsky. I'm on Instagram at Sarah Grifsky. And in lieu of my previous Patreon, you can follow me on uh, ghost.io for my newsletter, griffnotes.ghost.io. Spare and vampires, in other words, for smoke, are available in all good bookstores, and I will have news regarding future novels very soon. Alan, where can we find you? I am Alan underscore McGuire everywhere, including Twitter for now until it dies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Juvenalia is Juvenalia 
underscore pod on Twitter, Juvenalia Pod on Instagram. We have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Juvenalia, where we talk about, uh, we have a whole bonus series where we talk about what we started and finished recently. Mostly video games, Mostly video games and succession. And succession. <laughs> Not Get safe ready. for work succession. Not uh, safe talks. for work succession yeah. chats. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Dean McDonald for our artwork. Thanks, Dean. Thank you to Cassie and Tall Tales for having us. Thanks, Cassie. And thank you again to Ali Ryan. Oh, Ali, thank you. We're bringing chicken money for life. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, You're everybody. so welcome. Bye. <laughs>